loving, gracious God. In you we find our courage, we find our hope, we find our blessing for our lives. So today, on what we celebrate as Pentecost, we ask, Lord, O come down upon us, your Holy Spirit. Be upon us so that we may hear your word, we may understand it, and it may change our lives. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Now, we have been following along in a series that has been taking us from Easter and will take us another month to finish off about Jesus establishing the community of faith. We looked in the first month and we found that Jesus revealed himself to the believers, to Mary, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, to Thomas in the upper room after he missed out what the other disciples had met with Jesus, and with Paul on the road to Damascus. Two weeks ago, we changed gear and started our focus looking at really how the church was established. What were some of the key things that, or key parts to the establishment of this, this church, the beginning of faith? And we focused upon the, the commission that Jesus gave the disciples, that they were sent Last week, we looked at how the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. And I know it's a week early because it's Pentecost, but we wanted to really start to get... We wanted to think about something else this week. We wanted us to see what, what happens, not just the, the pure act of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming and, and finding out that one of the things, one of the aspects of the Holy Spirit coming was the power that was given to the disciples. This week we want to focus on what is the aspect when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you are filled with courage, that you are courageous, that you are bold. How many people here today feel courageous? There's a couple. Excellent. 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 You are so courageous you put your hands up. We can tell that you're courageous. But yes, we're going to be having a look at being courageous. And the reading we had today, just a little while ago, is Paul urging the sailors, the Roman guards and the prisoners aboard a ship as being tossed and turned around in the ocean to be courageous. But before we get there, I want to share with you some scriptures. So the first is, is, is coming from, well, is actually part of the Pentecost reading, and I'm just going to, I'll get Josh to put it up on the screen for me. Some, however, made fun of them. So this is after the Holy Spirit had come upon them, and they were speaking in, in tongues, and they were speaking the languages of those who were hearing it, and some people made fun of them and said they've had too much wine and Peter addressed the crowd. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all who have come to live in Jerusalem. 
Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And the reading goes on and it carries on. It talks about seeing, you know, seeing visions, dreaming and the future of the church. Here Peter is getting up and confronting the accusers. Those people are saying, no, they're just drunk. This is silly. This is nonsense. There's a level of courage that Peter has that he has to get up and stand in front of these people and say, that is not right. How many people have got the courage to stand up and speak the truth, to speak the gospel? So the Holy Spirit comes on with power and instills within you courage. And then it goes on. We're going to go a little bit further. Acts 2 Verses 22 to 24. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you through him. And as you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge and you with the help of the wicked men put him to death by nailing him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Notice what he does. All those people, not only does he talk about his faith, not only does he say who Jesus is, but he confronts those people with the reality of the situation. How big and important is that? How courageous. When people are starting to go, oh, this is silly, do you get up and you stand up and you say, this is it, and guess what? You've taken a part in it. What a powerful message. What a courageous message. And then a little bit further on, in verse 36 to 41, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah, so claiming who he is. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptised. Notice, that's what's coming. This is what they were sent to do. This is the commissioning that Jesus said, to go out and baptise and teach them everything. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive what you'll receive, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised. About 3,000 were added to their numbers that day. What a rally. What a conversion. What a courageous act. See, being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit gave Peter the power and the courage to speak to those who were speaking against what was happening at that time, to stand up. It's almost like standing up to the bullies. How many of you have got the courage to stand up to those that will put you down? 
that will say that your faith is not real. It's make-believe. How many of you will stand up and say with courage and conviction, this is what I believe. Repent of your ways, be baptised and you will receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming upon Peter was not the only case of being courageous that this early church had. It kind of started like wildfire from there. As we look, you know, when, the, when Paul became an apostle, after that Damascus Road experience, we see that he's been on many missionary journeys, spreading the news of Jesus and come across people that would accuse him and accuse him especially of teaching against the law and even defiling the temple by bringing Greeks into the temple, not Jewish people. And so what happens, if, we, if, if you read through the Acts, and it's a wonderful book to read through, if you want to be encouraged in your faith, if you want to really delve in and, and you, know, want, you want to step up in faith and be really you know, bold and courageous, be on fire for God, read the books of Acts and see what they do. See the hardships they go through and the willingness to stand up and actually speak the truth. Truth found in Jesus Christ. I'm going to share with you a little bit of reading of what this means, the courage that Paul had. And it actually comes from Acts 21, verse 27 through to 40. Now, in my haste this morning, I forgot to put it on the screen, so Josh might be able to get that and put that on the screen for you so you can follow along. So Acts 21, verse 27 through to 40. So when the seven days were nearly over, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, that's seizing Paul, shouting, fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people and our law in this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple and defied this holy place. They had previously seen uh, Trophimus, uh, the Ephesian in the city with Paul, and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple. The whole city was aroused and the people came running from all directions seizing Paul and they dragged him from the temple and immediately the gates were shut. And when they were, while they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. He at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd. And when the rioters saw the commander and his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Can you hear what's happening? Being dragged out being tried to be killed, being beaten. And the commander came up and arrested him, being arrested and ordered him to be bound with two chains. And then he asked who he was and what he'd done. And some in the crowd shouted one thing and some other. And since the commander could not get the truth because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken to the barracks and imprisoned. And when Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great that he was carried by, had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed kept shouting, get rid of him. 
can you see the, what's happening here? As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, may I say something to you? Do you speak Greek? He replied, aren't you the Egyptian who started a revolt and led 4,000 terrorists out into the wilderness some time ago? Paul answered, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Sicilia, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. And after receiving the commander's permission, Paul stood up on the steps and motioned to the crowd. And when they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic, and then if you really want to find out what goes on, he then starts, read chapter 22, he then starts talking about who Jesus Christ is and what they have done. And the crowd then gets even more in an uproar. What a courageous act in the face of being beaten, in the face of of wanting to be killed in the face of being imprisoned, in the face of being arrested, what does Paul do? He asks to speak. He asks to tell the truth about Jesus Christ. He asks to tell about his change that happened to him on the road to Emmaus. I mean, not to the road to Emmaus, road to Damascus. Who he is. This is not an isolated time and it is not restricted just to Peter or Paul or to the believers, but believers and Christians throughout history have been courageous in so many different ways. During the times of the Black Death and the plague, do you know who it was that didn't run away, didn't toss out their, their family just in, if they got a sniffle into the streets for them to die? It was the Christians who, instead of running away, they were the ones that cared for the sick and looked after them in the midst of the pain and the death. It was the Christians that came in and did that. Think more modern times. Think of the wars that have gone around the world, you know, like the Second World War. How many Christians were the ones that stood up against... Nazis hiding Jewish people so that they may be saved. Think of the great courage being shown by those who are willing to stand up today to speak the truth in the name of the gospel of Jesus Christ because they are filled with the Holy Spirit and power is upon them and courage is flowing through them. Now let's just jump back to the Apostle Paul and, and what's happened. So he's been arrested and he's been questioned by the commander, he's been questioned by the Sanhedrin. And what Paul does, because he's a Roman citizen, he says, I'm a Roman citizen, I have the right to go to Caesar to plead my case that I'm not causing a riot, I'm not causing these things, I'm preaching the gospel of Christ. And he goes, and he actually, he didn't have to do that, but he goes to do this because God is urging him to spread the good news of Jesus Christ far and wide. And where better to spread the message of Jesus Christ than the centre of power at that time? What better place to go than to Rome and to the emperor to tell them about Jesus? 
But you need courage to do that. Because he wasn't going as a free person. He was going as a slave. Not as a slave, as a prisoner. In chains. So he's on this journey, heading towards Rome. And sensing the grave danger that's going to come upon him and on this journey, he urges those on board not to travel at this time, to delay their travel for a more suitable time. But they refused to heed the warnings, and the ship sailed and soon was caught up in the midst of a ferocious storm, threatening the lives of all on board. While we are not on a ship at the moment, while we are not heading to Rome, while we are not standing trial, we may all be on a journey through the sea of life. At times the sea is calm and our journeys are enjoyable. Have you ever been on a, on a, on a boat or a ship when the seas are flat and you're sailing away? It's really nice. It's pleasant, isn't it? During other seasons, the waves are rough and we are forced to sail in the storm. How many people have been on a ship that's been in rough seas? Is it a pleasant experience? Yeah. No. <laughs> I can see that on the faces you're going, no, no, no. See, the question for us is what are the storms that we're facing? What are the storms that we're going through in our lives? Where are we in the rough seas of our life? We need to have faith. We need to have courage that Paul possessed when we face the difficult seasons, the difficult times in our lives. I want to just quickly examine some of the details of this text that that June read for us today. So if we examine the details of this text, we can actually understand for ourselves the courage that was needed in this situation. See, there was the ferocity of the storm. When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, so when neither suns nor stars were appearing, if you're, you've got to read more of Acts to, to get into all of this. The storm was a big storm. It, it, it covered the sky so that they couldn't actually navigate. You know, they'd navigate the ships by the stars and they'd navigate the ships by the sun. But when that's all covered up, you're becoming directionless. Have you ever faced a storm in your life when you think that you just don't know what direction you're going? Which way it's going? You're just being tossed and turned and you're just going one way or another and you might go down this direction and then it doesn't work and you go to another direction? This is the kind of storm that they're facing. The storm was so fierce that they were completely disorientated. They were tossed and thrown about so much so that the captain of the ship stopped trying to navigate and actually just let the the ship drift with the storm. Instead of trying to fight to get to somewhere, the storm was so strong that he went, well, let's just, we need to start tossing stuff over the sides, we need to start lightening the load, otherwise we're going to drown and we're just going to let the ship drift along. 
in our lives, have we ever felt like we've got no control over what's happening? Other people are making decisions. We've made, one, we've made one decision in our life and it seems to have all gone awry. That's a kind of storm that is building within our own lives. And what happens in the midst of those things is you get discouraged. You know, the opposite to courage is to be discouraged. That you're worried for yourself. You don't think that anything's going to, happen, you know, going to work out, that things are going to be a problem all the time. All hope that you may be saved in the situation is taken away. You see, Luke is actually on board the ship with Paul and he's recording this. And that's why we have the story in the book of Acts because the writer, Luke, is there amidst this ferocious storm. And Luke actually admits that all hope of survival seemed to have gone from everybody. And they were beginning to be resigned to the defeat, feeling that they would just perish at sea. And see, this is actually the frame of mind that, that the devil, the accuser, the, our enemy, wants believers to be in. The frame of mind that you are lost, that you are discouraged, that you would perish. Doesn't want you to be a Pentecost moment. Doesn't want you to be filled with the Spirit. Doesn't want you to be filled with power. Doesn't want you to be courageous. He wants our attention diverted from the focus upon Jesus and focused upon the problems and the storms that we face. He seeks to you know, have us believe that we would never survive this moment and abandon our efforts and our energies. You know, we've all faced similar situations in our lives. Some of us may have been tempted to abandon our faith. Others may have tried to continue on the journey, but no matter how hard it became more difficult. When we stand up for our faith in the midst of problems, that's what I mean to be filled with courage. See, what does, what does Paul do in the midst of this? that the storm is all about, that they haven't eaten for days. They're worried and they're working hard to try and save the ship, but they think all is at loss. He stands up and he encourages those on board. Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. Notice, I like how he has that little dig. He goes, look, I was right. How many of us like being right? <laughs> and he goes in, I was, you know, you should have taken my courage, my, my, what I had actually said, my advice, and not sailed to Crete. And then you've been spared all of this, but I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. See, the thing is, so many times, what happens in our faith, in our life, is we place our faith not in Christ, not in God, but in the ship that we are sailing in. Sometimes the ship will be lost in our lives, but God will save you. 
in the midst of these troubles, whether in our lives or the world around us seeming out of control, we really need to be courageous, don't we? We really need to live our lives in the fullness of God being paramount and evident. The faithfulness of our Lord will be shown to us. Paul knew that God had, was faithful and yet he wanted to encourage, he wanted those on board to recognise this faithfulness of God too. And so he says, last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me and said, do not be afraid, Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as it been told to me. Notice the key things about this. Keep up your courage. Have faith in God. And it will happen just as it been told. Scripture tells us that we are saved, that we are wonderfully made, that we are beautifully made, and that we can have a life everlasting with God. Remember that that is what we have been told. So keep up your courage when you are facing your own storms. Have faith in God and remember that God is with you always. As we're thinking about how Jesus established the church, how this church was established, we see that this journey where this great courage was shown is actually, you know, most people would kind of skip across this, but it's actually quite important for us to realise that courage is needed within the church in order for the church to be established, to be grown. And this journey to Rome was so important because it spread the news of Jesus Christ throughout all of the Roman Empire. From Rome it spread. And so what we see when the church is established, Jesus sends the disciples to go and preach the good news of Jesus Christ, to get people to repent and be baptised, to teach them the, the love of God in their lives. We see that the church was filled by the Holy Spirit and that power came upon the believers And they were able to do amazing things. And we see because of being sent, being filled with the Holy Spirit, that they were courageous and able to stand up and give defence and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. So today I ask you this question, and it is a powerful question. Are you a courageous Christian? Willing to have the faith in God even when the storms of life blow us around? Are we willing to stand up and preach the good news of Jesus Christ in the world that we live? So let us just pray. Our Lord God, we just ask on this day, as we Remember what had happened at Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming upon the, the disciples and giving them power and giving them the Holy Spirit that in their lives that we can indeed have the Holy Spirit in our lives.
And Lord God, we just ask today that we not just remember, that we ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon our lives. So I ask you today, close your eyes right now. Close your eyes and as we pray, I want you to ask yourselves these questions. Has God been speaking to you today? Has he been saying that your life can be so much more? More than it is. Has God been speaking today that you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? That you want to have power? But you want to be courageous? If God has been speaking to you, I want to encourage you to pray with me right now. Oh Lord God, we just ask today that our lives may become more in tune with you, that we may know the Spirit of God upon our lives, that we will, that we do, repent of our sins, that we do call upon the name of Jesus Christ and say he's our Lord and Saviour, that we do want the Holy Spirit upon our lives that will give us this power and this courage, that we do give our lives over to you and that you can take us wherever we need to go to spread the good news of Jesus Christ in all this world, that we will face the storms of our lives, that we'll have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, that we'll stand firm and be of courage and encourage those around us when things are difficult, when life takes a turn for the worst, that we know that we can have God as our Lord and our Saviour, that our lives are redeemed, renewed, that we are wonderfully and beautifully made in the image of God. Oh Lord God, we just pray this today and we ask that you be with us and that the Holy Spirit be upon us right now, touching our minds, touching our hearts, touching our very being. And we pray this in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. Amen.